please. Hello, this is a handsome man speaking. <laughs> I hope you like it. Hello, this is the Therapeutic Travel Podcast. My name is Harriet, your host, and today I have with me Jonathan from Belgium. Hello, everybody. My name is Jonathan, and I'm going to be your guide for the next uh, couple of minutes. And I hope you enjoy it. So, Jonathan or Jonathan, which one would you prefer today? What is your personality telling you? <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan. Okay, so Jonathan is a um, tour guide in Barcelona. He is um, a guide for cycle tours. So I wanted to talk to him about tourism in Barcelona. And as the theme of the podcast goes for therapeutic travel for us and the world, how we can make tourism more sustainable, more friendly for the environment and also the people in the cities that we are touring around. So do you want to introduce yourself a little bit more? Jonathan, Jonathan. So I'm First. 29 years old and I come from Belgium and I moved here about a year ago and because I know a few languages such as Dutch, uh, French, uh, English and Spanish, uh, basically any company would like to hire me. Uh, if you speak uh, more than two languages here in Barcelona, you're pretty much set. And once you know English and Spanish and another language, that's fine. Amazing. So, um, as most of us, I guess, know, uh, Barcelona is a very, very touristy city, very notorious for its tourists. <laughs> and um, But there is a little bit of hostility towards tourists here. Um, I've been here a few times and have noticed the go-home tourist signs everywhere. Um, some people refuse to speak Spanish or English to you um, and only speak Catalan, which is, of course, the language here, so it's understandable. But sometimes quite difficult to get by with it and, it and it is a little bit of a it is a bit hostile it seems so um what do you think the issues with tourism are here so mainly there is a huge amount of tourists that come here mm. to the city every single year we're talking for a city of 1.6 million inhabitants that are around 40 million visitors every single year oh my goodness. which is huge it's uh, almost 25 times the amount of uh, people that live here that go through the city every single year so of course there's gonna be some people that are gonna complain however having said that it's very important to uh, realize that almost 30 percent of the income of the city depends on tourism so if tourists go home, I can go home too, and uh, not in the best of ways. No, so you'd lose your job effectively. For sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I obviously work in the tourist industry, so of course, but of it, I mean, tourists spend money on uh, restaurants as well, hotels, um, transport, um, although transport can be a bit frustrating when it's full and crowded tourists at rush hour, so that's something to bear in mind I think yeah it, it's it's a couple of issues mainly it's it's the living situation and a transportation situation for transportation there could be some fairly easy measures um, but the housing situation is more complex for example um, platforms like Airbnb while great as an idea and in many countries in cities like Barcelona it's gotten out of hand and what happens if you're able to rent out your spare room your spare apartment as uh, as a room for rent for uh, for tourism you're earning about three to four times the average salary here for most Whoa. people so there's a big incentive to do such a thing 
and once you have one or two extra houses you can go to the bank and tell them look I want a collateral or want a loan for another house um, which allows them to buy another house to rent it out as Airbnb and it's a little bit of a snowball effect um, so that's the main main issue so here. what's that doing to to the people in Barcelona you know what effect is that having so the effect on 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 the whole is that it increases the prices of the rent for a lot of people right. for example in some neighborhoods prices have gone up 50% over the last five years Whoa. which is ridiculous ridiculous yeah, yeah. and that's still down playing it a little bit <laughs> okay so people are obviously struggling to to stay here which is awful if it's your home um and i know you mentioned about transport you said there are some measures what kind of measures could tourists take to or, or visitors take to um reduce the effect on transport when you come um mainly be mindful and respectful you have to realize that a lot of people are going from point a to b because they need to be somewhere you're on a holiday take your time if you're not in a rush let somebody else go in ahead of you um small things like that make the whole the, the make a world of difference mm -hmm. just for the locals to realize okay these people are respectful to, uh, towards us. And that's actually the, the slogan of the city. Uh, since last year, it's your holidays, our everydays. Ooh, I like so that. So it's, it's a very, yeah, it's, uh, it phrases this, this whole issue in a, in a very neat way. It's basically, mm -hmm. if there's respect from both sides, we have no, no problems having this amount of money, uh, yes. people here. Yeah, so not sure if you why you'd want to, but don't travel at rush hour in, in any big city. I think it, that's quite an important thing to uh, to do. So, um, so then, what do you think? What is the best thing about working in the tourist industry? Do you think? Let's make this more positive. <laughs> I'm outside every single day, meeting new people, and, and it can be very interesting when people ask the, either the right questions or they're reacting in, in a very interesting way to my information. That's always a fun part of this, Amazing. Uh, this job. Cool. What do you think is the worst thing? And the people. <laughs> okay, so the best thing and the worst thing is actually the people. <laughs> yeah, but it, it can be a combination of both uh, people visiting, but mm. also the locals who are just fed up with all these people uh, going to the city and they're not as patient as they should be in traffic. Uh, it's traffic. It's always going to oh, be like that. it's just crowding, isn't it? It's too, too much. And I, I actually went on a walking tour today, which is... Um, I mean, there, we, you do still create some sort of crowd, but we were going past big cycle tours and things, and it just it's chaos in, in, the, in the squares. And it, I mean, doing those tours is a really good way to learn about the city and to try and appreciate some of the history and some of the culture instead of just, just walking around. Um, but it, it does make a bit of a, more of a crowding issue and things. So um, it's, it is a dilemma, and I'm not really sure what to, what to suggest about it, really, what the best thing to do. Maybe come off season? I don't know. Well, that's a starter, yes. Yeah. Uh, for once, because July, August are crazy yeah. here. It's crazy hot. It's, it's way too crowded. If you go to the beach, uh, if you see a, a grain of sand on the beach, that's already a big plus. <laughs> uh, so those, those are the kind of things that I would bear in mind. For example, for a city like Barcelona, my favorite time of the year is September, October. Okay, why? Because you are 
you, you're coming behind, uh, behind all the, the height of the season, but the, st the temperature is still perfect. So in September, October, we still have plenty of days of 25 up to 30 degrees. And it's nice, it's, it's just it's really cool, uh, cool atmosphere. Yeah, and, and even I suppose November, December, even though it's, it's not your kind of beach holiday, it's still warmer than both of our countries, Belgium and England. So uh, sometimes it's nice to come really off season because like you were saying um, earlier, it, the income is not, is not spread out effectively across the whole year so uh, people like you working in the tourist industry get a lot uh, of less work in the in the winter um, and I suppose Airbnbs all the hotels they probably have less um, business as well so it might be nice to help people just distribute that income a little bit better throughout the year you want to lend a hand with that that's, that's a, definitely a big plus that would uh, help out uh not having that amount of people just in the summer. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's too so, much concentrated between the 1st of July and oh. 31st of uh, August. Yeah, so bring your scarves, gloves and hats and get yourself on a bike, cycle around Barcelona to uh, to see the sights because they, they look the same. It's just not as sunny. <laughs> so I think I think that's a that's an excellent thing to do. So um, Barcelona then, what would you say the best thing about living in Barcelona is? A relaxed atmosphere. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of different nationalities from all over the world coming here and this this city um, has its rough edges but it's still a playground for a lot of young people and that's the cool part about this city is uh, it's well yeah we're now in the, in the middle of April uh, or the beginnings of April and this is still I'm in my shorts uh, we could have lunch outside, it's perfectly fine, so that's that's a huge, huge plus. Yeah, I'm a little cold, I must say, but <laughs> it just depends on what you're you are. <laughs> I'm very tender, sensitive soul. Um, but it is actually, the sun is shining on our backs wonderfully right now. We're actually sat in a lovely quiet park, just away from the beach, which is a bit more crowded. and. Um, it's really lively. It's a Thursday evening. Um, it's still sunny and it's nearly six o'clock. Feels about three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and we just passed a, um, a guy playing his bass incredibly well. Um, maybe I'll play you a little bit of that now. And behind the person that was playing, the guy that was playing the bass was a volleyball match. And every time the guy finished playing his bass, all the volleyball players would applaud him. And it was just a really nice kind of communal atmosphere. It was a really, really nice thing to see. I couldn't stop smiling. It was very nice. Um, so a bit about your life then. You you did not grow up here, of course. Um, well, you, you did grow up in Spain, but not in Barcelona. Yeah. But you're actually from Belgium. Exactly. So what is it like living somewhere that you, you know, you didn't grow up? Not so for me, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, it's a little bit different because from the age of seven until uh, 14, uh, I grew up in the south of Spain, both in Almeria and in Malaga, uh, on the, the sunshine coast of, of Spain. So that was pretty cool. Um, but having moved to Belgium at that, well, difficult age, you tend to forget a lot of the culture, you tend to forget a lot about the language, mm. the, the customs, those kinds of things. Mm. So when, we, when I came to Barcelona, uh, first of all, it's a lot different here. Mm. <laughs> you can't compare, almost cannot compare it to the south. 
but there was still a lot of that that first of all the language was still there uh, but also the cultural aspect the whole living outside every single day mm -hmm. people don't spend a lot of time inside it's it's just inviting to go outside yeah. a cloudy day um, like one we had yesterday where there's yeah, maybe a speck of rain here and there people just freak out and they just stay inside mm. because it's raining or it's gonna be raining later on mm. in six or seven hours yeah so better go inside right now just a precaution yeah yeah so yeah a bit different so what what is the main difference then between the here the north of spain and then the south where you grew up um in the south and and this is this is gonna be pretty weird me saying this because in the south they have this notion that people from the north are very, uh, very cold, very, um, well, yeah, to themselves. And even among people from Barcelona, they say, wow, he's from the south. He knows how to party for sure. Oh, okay. So if you think that people from Barcelona know how to party, take another guess and then say that people from the south of Spain, actually they have the reputation of being the best uh, at parties. Yeah, so I mean, I know a lot of Brits obviously go down to the south of Spain for, for holidays. Um, a, a, almost another tourism issue altogether in a, in a sense, I think. Um, Brit, Brits abroad, um, <laughs> shout out. Um, <laughs> or not. No, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's actually something that since I was younger, it's always been a, you, you go to Spain, um, but you don't really speak Spanish and you don't um, connect with any of the locals, you don't experience the culture. There's no like, you don't see any Latino culture in the people that are going to Spain from, from England. It's very much a uh, England with warmth, I think. Um, yeah, you have English pubs, you have yeah. English food, you go to English supermarkets to English clubs where people speak English, uh, yeah. you commute or you work with other English people. It's, it's a little bit of a, uh, it's, I mean, it's not the greatest of situations. No, it not, could be, could be where one where people are a little bit more outgoing. They, they, they learn a, co a couple of things about the language. Uh, and I know, and I know from experience, learning a second or another language is hard. It is difficult. It is very difficult, um, but you get better at it. You do, and I think uh, I think English people do get a bad rap for not learning any extra languages. Um, but it can be uh, not defending myself because uh, I think my Spanish is all right. Um, <laughs> but um, you don't. It's not essential a lot of the time because unless you're in an extremely remote place where no one speaks English, generally. Your in their sorry their English is better than my Spanish, for example. So it's easier for all of us just to speak English, and then it's hard to learn. And then when you do really need to speak Spanish, you're like, oh god, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I can't yeah. speak it. Um, but it, it's a hundred percent worth making the effort because it feels incredible to be able to communicate with someone in their own language. It feels so much more respectful. Um, you get more of an insight. You usually get more smiles as well. People are really pleased when you when you're very blatantly obviously English like I am, and and you, you do try. So I think it's it's nice to give it a go. Yeah, I think it, it also has to do of, of a little bit of making a fool of yourself. 
showing that you can you're able to make yourself a little vulnerable and then allowing people to say wow that was an in interesting accent or I don't know what you just said or uh, they're gonna reply you even in your own language and say well, well that that was weird what you just said yeah but... sometimes they just people reply in English and you're like oh <laughs> I was trying my trying my hardest I mean each to their own when it comes to traveling if you enjoy going to the beach and and just going to the beach that that's fine but I think from I know we've both traveled a fair bit and there is a lot more to travel you just experience you realize that you want to get more into depth I think in the culture and it's so much more rewarding to do that so I think if you have only been on those types of holidays I would really encourage you to try a different type of holiday where you do get a little bit more into the culture what kind of thing would you could you think of that might might get people to do that. I know volunteering is certainly one that I would often suggest. Do you have any other experience in that? So yeah, for me, a huge tipping point in my in my traveling was when I went to Thailand, to Southeast Asia. But especially in Thailand, I I really challenged myself to do a couple of things that Thailand was known for. For example, cooking and eating uh, I om almost only did eating part but still uh, that was enjoyable but another thing I would do was a meditation course it was my first introduction to uh, a silent retreat actually I did uh, the whole hardcore thing wow. it was a uh, uh, interesting it's, uh, <laughs> difficult difficult very difficult uh, the first couple of days easy then it gets harder then it gets easy hard again it's it's a roller coaster of emotions um, but the thing that I actually enjoyed the most was doing uh, Thai kickboxing so what I did was I went down south of Thailand where there were very few people going there because there was nothing in particular that was interesting or anything appealing to go but I managed to find a gym that would take me in for two weeks Wow the thing was that the trainer did not speak English oh like at all he had five or six words same same but different <laughs> Very um, high low kick punch good and bad. Okay. <laughs> that was his vocabulary. Wow. So with that limited vocabulary, I still managed to have a fantastic time. And I learned a lot, especially that even if after 10 days you think you're the man, you're not. <laughs> okay. I got knocked out by a, well, he was nine years old. What? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I mean, that I laughed, was, but that would happen to me as well, I'm sure. Yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting, especially because my trainer told me, look, you fight. Okay, that's an uh, interesting thing to say to me. And he brought one of the smaller guys of the gym. I thought, okay, he's nine years old. He weighs about 60, 70 pounds. I weighed about 140 pounds. I think I'm probably going to kick his ass. Think again. Um, no, so 30 seconds into the fight, he kicks me one time and I'm out. Whoa. It's a humbling experience. How hard did he kick you? That just blows my it's, mind. It's not hard, it's just right. It's just where it, where yeah. it, okay. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay, so cool experiences, definitely. So, um, where do you think you'll go next, travel wise? What are your plans? Um, I don't know, but in the last year I've come to realize that I'm 
probably will be staying in Europe, traveling around here. I don't know why, but it's probably the exotic part that always attracts us to foreign continents like Asia or Africa or Central or South America. While here in Europe, we have so much to see and so much to do. So it's, I think I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be staying here for a while and just explore this continent. Sounds great. Um, what would be the most memorable thing you've learnt from traveling, do you think? Being flexible in every sense of the word, uh, be it emotionally, be it on, on your habits, on every single aspect. You have to be flexible. It makes an experience it gives you a lot of more experiences than if if you would be just rigid and and, and stick to the plan always stick to the plan sorry but traveling is changing the plan every couple of hours <laughs> every couple of days every couple of even minutes yeah. so adapt yes do you have a particular example um, so yeah, when I went to Thailand, I had uh, looked up two things. First of all, the budget, my budget of the of the whole trip, and when the Mousson season was gonna be. Monsoon. Monsoon. Mousson is French and Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those two things, and after that, I didn't plan anything at all. So I got there. I bought the Lonely Planet like so many others in Khao San Road, one of the, the popular streets in, in Bangkok. I slept that night in a hostel that I didn't look up at front. Uh, so it was the whole thing was just unplanned and I was going from one tuk-tuk drive with one person, uh, staying with them for a couple of days and moving on to another, then yeah, just kept going like that. So Amazing. That was, yeah, and that, that was... yeah, and that doesn't always work out right, but that's again where the flexibility comes in. You know, you, you learn up, to yeah. deal with it. That's yeah. that's the whole thing. If you don't like it, you change it. That's that's the whole beauty of traveling. Mm, exactly. Yes, it teaches you a lot about life because it is very important to be flexible in life as well. Even when you you know you stop um, and you're working in one place for a little while. Um, last thing then. So a um, bit of a random question, but what? is one of your favorite facts that you would use in your tours? You can give me a few or you can just give me one real corker. Um, that the Sagrada Familia, the church that they've been building on for the last 120 years, is supposed to be finished by 2026, which is 100 years after the death of Gaudi. I'm willing to bet almost a thousand euros that's not gonna be like that. Why do you think that? First of all, it's Spanish people doing the planning. Okay. Mañana, 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 <laughs> tomorrow, 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 yeah. tomorrow. Um, that's one thing. Uh, beautiful people, Spanish people, but being on time and planning is not one of their uh, uh, strong uh, points. Mm -hmm. uh, second of all, why hurry? When there's no rush, people come to the city anyway. They go to see a church that is not finished and they pay the entrance. Fine. And last but not least, the organization of the Sagrada Familia has proposed uh, a second date. Just in case the first date isn't uh, all that achievable. And that second date is 2040. Oof. 
So there, yeah, that's that's what I mean with the mañana mañana thing. It's it's not in a couple of months, not a couple of years. That's 14 years later, and they've already been building it uh, for the last 120 years. So they have a margin. Yeah, interesting. And I've not been in Sagrada Familia actually, but it is beautiful from the outside. It is a shame that it has some scaffolding. I would love to see it when it's finished. Hopefully we're both still when, alive. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll happen before we're 80, maybe. Um, and hopefully we'll still travel to Barcelona for that. It'll be a big day when it, it does actually It will be a big day. Finish. We won't even see the church because it was so crowded. I'm, I can't even imagine. I don't even, it's like, it's like the release of Harry Potter. It's not even worth going Ooh, to the cinema on the don't evening. Don't go there. Don't, don't, that's <laughs> maybe pushing it too far. Okay, fair enough. Okay, well, thank you very much. Muchas gracias. Thank you, Val. Uh, thank you You're for welcome. your time. Okay, say bye. See ya.